Today's reading is from Akaya Winwood. Our old systems are in the process of disintegration and decay. They are literally falling apart in front of our eyes. Some of us will resist and stand guard, making sure that the rot and fallout are minimized. Some of us will provide hospice, ensuring that the systems die well and thoroughly. Some of us will tend to the victims and the survivors. Some of us will design and create new paths to a common and integrated future. All are needed, and it's essential that each of us understands and embraces our particular part in all of it. It's also crucial that we support and hold up the efforts of those doing work that is different from ours. No one task is more important or less important than any other. All of it is honorable and necessary. The cycle of birth, growth, decline, and death is a natural metaphor for what is happening on the global political stage. We are witnessing the death rattle of patriarchy and his handmaiden white supremacy. I suggest that rather than poke around in the gore and continually make ourselves sick from toxic, toxic exposure, we attend to our collective well-being, remembering to care for each other and for the earth, and to make art and love as we resist, mourn, heal, and build. We need every single one of us, those who revolt, those who restore, and those who dream and create the futures we're committed to. Let's refuse to be bamboozled and fascinated by the ongoing and seemingly relentless ugliness of oppression. Let's insist on remembering that we are all kin and that the repairing the world and that repairing the world is both our birthright and our responsibility. We can and will do this. I know, for I have seen the future, and it includes all of us. Good morning, again. So I have to, I have a small confession to make as I start this sermon. This month's theme, which is worry, the practice of possibility, gives me a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> it's not necessarily meant to be a joke, although it is kind of funny to say it out loud, um, but I am what you would call a worry wart. There is nothing, nothing that I can't somehow worry about. I spend an inordinate amount of time being anxious about my finances, about my parents' health, about this vocational calling that I'm entering, which I find very, very meaningful and also powerfully challenging, that is all just the beginning of my worry list. So in prepping this sermon, <laughs> I worried that I wouldn't have anything helpful to say about worry. So after I worried about that for a while, um, I also realized that this weekend is Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day, as it is increasingly being known. And that brought another cascade of worry. Again, I told you I'm really good at this. So I thought, who am I as a white person to talk about Native Americans? 
How could I address the suffering that they've endured as a person who directly benefits from the actions of those who oppressed them? So as your ministerial intern, this is all learning for me, but I hope that it also provides some benefit to you. But before I allow myself to start worrying about that, let's talk about worry. Specifically, let's talk about worrying about privilege. So as many of you know, privilege is a hot button issue in our society today. Those of us who identify as white, cisgendered, which means we identify with the gender which we were born with, and able-bodied specifically enjoy an inordinate amount of privilege in our society. We benefit from a system that prioritizes our needs and belonging over others. We are usually receiving better education, we usually make more money, we get better health care, we are less likely to be discriminated against by employers, we're not targeted by the criminal justice system, the list of privileges is long. And sometimes it seems that it grows longer every day. I also want to say, though, that this message is not a lecture about white privilege. There are many who are far better qualified than me in the fields of racial and identity justice to teach you about white privilege. What I want to do today is make space for the anxiety and fear and worry about our privilege that many of us are feeling these days. We as a culture don't make space for worry. Like Nathan said last week, what's the most unhelpful advice ever? Don't worry about it. And I believe many of us, myself included, were taught that worry is weakness, that anxiety makes us vulnerable. And our culture teaches us that we have to be strong and righteous, and most importantly, right. So the thought of being wrong or of having to change our view of the world is scary. So we banish worry and distract ourselves with our work, our phones, social media. But the thing is, the worry isn't banished, is it? It doesn't go away. It stays with us, banging around in our heads, making lots and lots of noise that only we can hear. So I have often felt isolated in my unexpressed anxiety about the privilege that I get as a white, well-educated, cisgendered woman. Grappling with one's own white privilege is really hard to do. It can bring up a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. And feeling shame is just as banished in this culture as feeling anxiety. They often go hand in hand. So I feel guilty in the knowledge that I can go to a store and be left alone while a black friend of mine is watched from the moment she walks in the door. I know that if I get pulled over for speeding, there's virtually no way that I will end up being shot during the encounter. Every day in every possible piece of media that I consume, television, social media, newspapers, and magazines, I see many overwhelmingly positive representations of my race but very few of any other race. And perhaps the worst realization of all is that I can decide to do absolutely nothing about my white privilege and I won't suffer any consequences for it. I'm part of the protected and powerful class and I have the luxury to choose to stay exactly where I am. Change is scary 
but I have the privilege of being able to opt out of it completely. Now, I don't know if the anxiety level in the room is rising by listening to all of that, but this is exactly why we're talking about it. We're making space for this. So as a member of a progressive and justice-seeking faith, those realizations spark a lot of anxiety for me. What does it mean to recognize the inherent worth and dignity of every person when I benefit from a system that works pretty much in direct opposition to that ideal? Who am I to call for justice when I have never and will never have to experience firsthand the kinds of injustice that, oppressed, that oppress people of color every single day? So, where do we take all of that anxiety? We certainly can't and shouldn't lay it at the feet of the people of color in our circles. They have no responsibility whatsoever to make us feel better about our privilege. And our fellow white people, well, it's an uncomfortable truth to talk about, isn't it? It's certainly not cocktail party conversation, at least not cocktail parties that I've been to. What if we bring it up and someone disagrees with us? What if they're on the Make America Great Again bandwagon? What if we share our anxiety with another white person who's just not ready to hear it yet, who just hasn't gotten there and they can't face those truths for themselves? What if we make them uncomfortable? So therefore, this anxiety often stays inside of us, banging around in our heads and making tons of noise that only we can hear. Alongside that worry, there's a profound grief as well a grief for what has been lost now that the veil of privilege is being pulled away. This is perhaps the most worrying part for me, to be honest. I find that I need to make space to grieve my lost innocence about our country, the lost reassuring beliefs that the system works, that all will come out right in the end, that anyone who works hard enough and honestly enough will succeed. But it's not true. It's never been true. And we know it, but still we want to believe that it's true. We want to lean back into that belief like it's a comfortable chair. So reckoning with that loss, for me, is really a bitter pill to swallow. So I bring all this up here, not just to make you listen to my anxiety talking out loud, although that is part of it. I believe firmly that naming something out loud makes it real. It quiets the anxiety in our minds when we speak the truth out loud to others. Naming my shame and anxiety about white privilege in this space makes me feel a little less alone, more seen and more understood. Now, you may be sitting there disagreeing with every single thing I've just said, and that is completely your right. But I have spoken my truth out loud, and that has lightened my burden. In our reading, the educator and writer Akaya Winwood says, let's insist on remembering that we are all kin and that repairing the world is both our birthright and our responsibility. We are all kin. We already know as Unitarian Universalists that we can't do this alone. We need each other. Our faiths are inextricably bound together. For, the, for me, that means that the future, our future, is on the other side of this anxiety that makes me feel alone. 
grappling with my own privilege is actually part of the plan. Giving space for my grief and worry is the necessary next step of my work to help repair the world. Change is scary, but this is the work we must do if we accept our responsibility to collectively repair the world. And when I see it that way, to be honest, I welcome the work of grappling with privilege. And slowly I allow myself to feel the weight of my complicity in a system that has, has historically oppressed anyone that did not or does not look like me. Because I believe that on the other side of that anxiety is where I will find the fuel to be an ally for those seeking justice and equality. Is this easy work? Hell no. It is difficult. It is very, very difficult, but it is the work. And it's easier to do with friends. So if you feel this anxiety that I've described in some way, shape, or form, I encourage you to seek out some of your white friends that you trust and talk about it. Don't let it bang around in your heads, making tons of noise that only you can hear. Share stories with others about what it feels like to pull back the veil of privilege. And in doing so, I invite you to engage your worries. Befriend your anxieties. They are not your enemy. They are trying to show you the way. They are there to be your teacher. If we let it, I believe that work can bring us together and lead us forward. And one day, hopefully in the not-too-distant future, I pray that it may lead us to that very just and peaceful future to which our faith is calling all of us. May it be so. Amen.